0: Hey friends, this is Shadima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast She Cast episode 100. Friends, 100. That is crazy. So I started this little podcast. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I'm switching seats. So I have one of my best friends on and she was just telling me how nervous she is. And she's just <laughs> so awesome and amazing. And I was like, girl, you have summited Mount Kilimanjaro. I think it was, was it February 22nd? Yes. 2000 what? 12? No,
1: 2016.
0: S- uh, 16. Yes. See, I'm good with dates. I remembered. I remembered it You're was You're very two, good two, with dates. You're two. always good with dates. Um, so she, mount, she summited Mount Kilimanjaro. And she's a little bit nervous to have a recorded conversation <laughs> with me. And we've been best friends for, I don't know, years. So welcome, Christine Fuller. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here.
0: So Christine wanted to interview me for my 100th episode because I wasn't sure what to do. I was like, I don't want to just talk because I feel like that's so lame. And, like, people tune in to hear, like, guest experiences. And then you were like, why don't you do it?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I know you've been asking me to come on for a long time. And I'm like, I don't really have anything to share. Yes. And I'm (laughs) like, no, I don't have anything to share. Nobody's going to be interested in what I have to say. Why don't you let me interview you so your listeners can get a better idea of who you are? And I know you share a little bit about your... Um, current experiences, your past experiences, and who you are. Uh, but I think people could get a better idea if somebody could kind of interview you and, you know, let you share a little bit more. So,
0: so here we are. So, yeah. So,
1: I think what you normally ask your guests when they come on is tell us a little bit about yourself. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that is. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> so, I am a black woman or a woman of color. um, That has become an identity that I have drawn upon more recently since the 2016 election. I've been more aware of that fact in my life. I am a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend. My nephews call me Auntie Chitty Mommy. They're super cute. And let's see what else. I'm a podcaster, obviously, a researcher in academia or higher education. So, a social science researcher, I should say. And I am a small business owner. So, I have a wellness center that just opened recently. And then I also have two direct sales companies one is doTERRA Essential Oils, and the other is Seiko Designs. And I'm an explorer, I guess is what I would call myself an explorer, adventurer, and then an educator. So I'm all about educating folks on various different things as it comes up naturally in conversation and via this podcast and my writing and my website. So I think that's it.
1: And so why did you originally start – to do this podcast. I remember when it first started because I had just had surgery and I had just started listening to podcasts while I would be sitting at home doing my exercises on recovery. And I was so excited to hear that you had one because you know it just gave me another one to put on my list. And I know you've shared a little bit about your final decision of why you started the podcast, Um, but maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit.
0: Sure. So <clears throat> one of my best friends, Stephanie Moore, she's been on this podcast twice. She, when I was in Vegas again for a month, right? So I had left Vegas at this point to start a pre-med post-bac program in Southern California in LA. And I had been in Vegas. So total, I've been, I was in Vegas. I lived in Vegas for almost 10 years, but at this point, I had left and the divine redirected me back home to Michigan. And I had to go back through Vegas because on the way to LA, the first time I was in a really bad car accident. That could have been more severe than it was. Uh, if you see the photos, you will probably gasp because people do. And I had to climb out of the passenger side door, the truck, my truck got totaled. And so all of the stuff, what happened was the trailer I was towing flipped my truck over. And all of the stuff that was in the trailer ended up going in a storage unit. So I needed to clear that out, release some of my stuff to new owners. And it was during this time that I was in a really low spot in my life because I felt like a failure. I felt like I'd set out to go to LA and I struck out and that I needed to go back home to Michigan, not even back to Vegas. So I was in a low spot and I was having a video call with Steph and she said, Chi, you need to, well, we call each other sister wife. So she said, sister wife, you should start a podcast. And y'all, I just wept. I was like, what the F is she talking about? (laughs) Like, I absolutely should not start a podcast. This is craziness. (laughs) Why would she even put this out there in the universe and in my consciousness? And then she asked me, why are you weeping? And I, because I, it was weeping. It wasn't just crying. I literally wept. Um, And I think friends, it was because I was in a state of growth. And I had just kind of started to learn that I didn't have the self-worth that I could have had, that I lacked self-worth, that I didn't think I was worth having, I don't know, a career or something great happening in my life. Um, I certainly didn't think that I was worth having financial freedom, good credit, uh, any of those things. So it was a self-worth issue. And then when I moved back home to um, Michigan, to Ann Arbor, I was connected with a guy who is a military guy into yoga. And I reached out to him about the yoga military thing because I'm trauma-informed or trauma sensitive certified uh, for yoga. Uh, And he suggested during one of our conversations that I should start a podcast. And this time I didn't weep, which was significant. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I'm moving in the right direction. And I put it on chill, right? Like I, I put it on hold, but I did take it under advisement. And I was like, oh yeah, you know what? You're not the first person that suggested this. And then friends, it was after the 2016 election. And on Thanksgiving Day, I just, I honestly thought about all of the people that were sitting at tables across the country and perhaps the world, but um, maybe like expats that are in other countries, but definitely people in this country and what they were thinking. Like, I was like, what if you find out that you, one of your family members voted differently than you? And what are you thinking about that? And what are you going to say about that? And so I literally recorded four episodes in like Thanksgiving weekend. And I just was like spitting them out, spitting them out, spitting them out. And so that's how it started. Like the seeds were definitely planted by two friends. And then I realized that there was probably a need because prior to that, I didn't think that I had anything to say. Even when I was, (laughs) when it was brought to me the second time in September, 2016, I just thought these people are nuts. Like, what are they talking about? And then I did have stuff to say that I felt could be helpful to folks that were attempting to have conversation with loved ones.
1: So that's it. That's how it all began. Can I just tell you I am literally sweating right now? <laughs> like a little drip of sweat just rolled down.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's just showing your humanity. It's all good. Dude,
1: I don't know how you do this all the time like and you have had some pretty impressive people on this podcast. I mean, people from all over the world listen to what you have to say on a weekly basis. I mean, that is, that's amazing. I remember when you started doing this and I'm like, man, that chick's got balls. Like that takes a lot of courage to set up a podcast and put yourself out there in those first few episodes, just you single alone, sharing your thoughts. And, um, I loved it because I've known you for, oh my gosh, like almost eight years now. And so, being able to listen to you felt like I still had a little piece of Shadima here with me. You know what I mean? Without mm-hmm. having to um, take up your time and talk on a phone, you know, it was like it was like you and I sitting here having like a regular conversation. So I, I loved that. And um, I don't know. I mean, you've had who's who? Do you think has been like? one of your most favorite guests that you've had on your podcast because you've had a lot of important people.
0: Yeah. I've had some great folks on the podcast. I mean, I have loved hearing everyday folks that are like you and I on the podcast. That has been really a gift to hear people's stories, people that I know that may have been friends of mine that I didn't know that piece of their history. That has been awesome. So like folks that were interviewed for the Stories of Sobriety arc, Mm -hmm. um, that was 10 episodes, so 10 different stories. And then folks that were part of the Survivor Series 10-episode arc, um, I would say that I've had some really – so I can't narrow it down to just one. Um, John Pavlovitz, that was a huge one for me. So I've had him on the podcast twice. And he is just so flipping amazing. Um, He's a pastor out of North Carolina, and he frequently, regularly, consistently stands up against um, the current administration. He (laughs) is exactly right. He (laughs) was one of the first pastors that I've seen that was LGBTQ affirming which is really important because I feel like the church, Big C, has done a piss poor job of supporting people, humanity, specifically marginalized communities like LGBTQ folks. So he was one of those people that just stood up and was like, this is unacceptable. Uh, So I appreciate that. I had Kelly McEvers, who's an NPR regular. Um, she has a podcast embedded, and I feel like she's the host of something else as well. Um, I think it's That's like a big deal. All things considered, something. And she was amazing, super humble, just like John was. And I had Rabia Chowdhury on. Hmm. Um, and she's badass also um very how do i put it i don't know just very matter-of-fact and to the point which um i like um and she was one of the first like the first podcast i started listening to myself was serial mm-hmm. and that was a podcast that a lot of people cut their podcast teeth on like that was a lot of folks first podcast and so she was part of the first season of serial and i think honestly could be said that she essentially made that happen um because she brought the case to sarah Koenig. so those three folks um I have an interview that's coming up. Well, actually it's not coming up because we're recording this now and it's already been done. So yay. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the funny part about podcasting. It's like, uh anyway. So this is why I'm taking a hiatus friends is to get my life in order and my podcasts, um, up level it, get it to a higher level. So I interviewed a woman, Lola day. Uh, she Had the police called on her. She is a Nigerian woman, a black woman at Yale University in the graduate program, one of the graduate programs. And a white uh, student called the police on her because she fell asleep in a common room in the graduate dorms. Which that was just one, like one of the many stories that we heard of white folks calling the police like the police is customer service, which they are not, they have a job to do. And it's not to field stupid, foolish, time wasting, unnecessary right. phone calls while people are just living their lives. So I spoke with Lola Day while she was in Nigeria, visiting with family. And so we spoke, and that was the last episode I did, the 99th episode, um, about what that really meant to her, And why it's so unacceptable for white people to call the police on black people just living their lives, not doing anything, like going to Starbucks, sleeping, barbecuing, shopping, golfing, Airbnb—like the list goes on. And it sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And the fact that some people, more people, aren't outraged about this, is beyond. Like I saw a meme and it said that black people need to start like calling this number when a white person looks like they're going to call the police on them. They should call the police (laughs) on them first. Like I think this person is about to call the police on me because I'm black and I'm just living my life, you know? So I interviewed her and she's super cool. And uh, we had a good conversation about that experience. So I've had some really great folks. I'm so grateful for the people that have agreed to come on the podcast and share a little bit about their story. It's been really insightful for me. Well, sure. They
1: share their experience, but I think there's something about you that um, people feel comfortable bearing their soul. Do you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. you've had some very sensitive subjects. So, I mean, I would call you a justice warrior. You're a mental health advocate. Um, You had a series on, I think it was recovery or uh, being a warrior out of recovery, um, you know, topics that are serious and important, you know, um, did you have anybody on, you do the Seiko design thing. Have you had anybody on from Seiko designs?
0: Yeah, I actually did. I had the founder, Liz Bohannon on, and I actually just met her last weekend. Um, you didn't meet her when you went to Uganda? No, she was, pregnant. Well, she still is pregnant. <laughs> She's oh. <laughs> like 38 weeks pregnant okay. now. So she was pregnant and was not traveling, was not able to travel. Okay. Um, but I met her for the first time at the Seiko Summit. I also had, uh, so one of the women that was uh, one of the survivor stories. Um, so she is a Seiko fellow as well. So her name is Christina. And then I did have three other fellows of color because one of the concerns that I had going into Seiko was I didn't want to be walking into a white savior situation where white folks are going to Uganda or other parts of Africa, attempting to save people that don't need saving. Mm. So support is different. Uh, a mutual respect and honor is a different scenario than me going over to somewhere that is a developing country or what's deemed a developing country and saying, Oh, I have all the answers for you. I know how to fix it. Um, That's not what folks need. And so I spoke candidly with Liz about that during our, that episode and there are not as many fellows of color as we would like. And so I spoke with a few of the fellows of color, uh, one has since retired, um, on a podcast episode, and that was a lot of fun. It was nice to connect with them about all the things. So that was cool.
1: And so you got back from Uganda. When did you go? It was just a couple months ago, right? Yeah,
0: it was not long ago at all. I went in April. Of this year, twenty eighteen. Okay, so and then
1: as soon as you got back, I remember you texting me saying, I, "I have I have to continue this. I have to go somewhere else next." So you have yes. a, you've got you've got you know you got bitten by the travel bug. I and did. So where to next? So we're talking prior to you pressing record Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're telling me that it's been a really long time you haven't traveled much lately and I'm thinking girl you just got back from being out of the country like a couple of months ago. You were in Portland last week, I believe. Yeah. Um so you're like me, you know, you like traveling. I love the whole experience of even like packing my bags and going to the airport and walking through the airport. I love it. There's something about it that I just love. So what's your next so I I'm not a bucket list person. Mm -hmm. People say, what's on your bucket list? I have to go with wherever my soul is telling me to Mm -hmm. go to next. Like, where am I being led to? I don't just have a list that I have to check things off. That's just not how I operate. But um, what do you, I mean, is there, are you being pulled in a specific direction? You know, I know you have some small trips planned, you know, in the United States, but what about out of state? Like, what's your next move, you think?
0: So I do have a couple of weddings, destination weddings. So I'll be in Cabo sometime in August, middle of August. And then I'll be up north or I think it's Tra- yeah Traverse City in, at the end of August. But I have on my list... Um, and
1: Vegas. You're coming to Vegas. Oh, yeah. I'm going
0: to be in Vegas and Salt Lake City in September. I think October, I haven't decided exactly if I'm going anywhere. But I am going to, I'm thinking of planning a trip to Abuja in Nigeria uh, during Christmas and then flying to the UK from there and spending some time with my cousins and any friends that are in Europe and then flying back. So that's what I think I'm going to do. I haven't booked a ticket. I'm still waiting to see... It's still kind of early or Toronto, but I might wait to do like some parts of Canada because I went to Montreal last year and that was great. I hadn't really explored Canada all that much. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just in Winnipeg maybe a few weekends ago, not Winnipeg, I lied, Windsor, Um, but that's like an extension of Detroit kind of, sort of. Right. Windsor people, don't get mad that I just said that, but it's, it doesn't really seem like I'm actually <laughs> somewhere else. Um, but I think I might do Toronto. I've never been to Toronto before. So I think I'm going to do that. Um, but then, yeah, this larger trip is what I'm thinking for the end of the year.
1: And so anybody that knows you knows that you're Nigerian, right? So unless Correct. somebody has never listened to this podcast and this is their very first time. Right. You're Nigerian, and I believe you told me the last time you were there, you were 14?
0: Is no. The last time? So, so I was there when I was 24. Oh, you were? Okay. The okay. last time. So the first time I was 12, the last time I was 24. And y'all, I look like I'm 28, but I'm about to be 40. So it's been Four- a while since i 40 is the new 30. That's right. 40 is <laughs> the new 29. <laughs> I know. Totally. <laughs> Perpetually 29. It's so yeah. funny. We don't even look our age. It's, it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, it's and then, so do you have family still in Nigeria? Oh my God. Yeah. The majority okay. of my family is in Nigeria. Okay. I mean, I do have a lot of family. I've had family that was in Italy and Saudi and the Czech Republic, but, um, Those folks aren't there anymore. Um, UK, we have a lot of family. We have a lot of family spread out throughout the states. Not a lot, a lot compared to who's still in Nigeria. So the majority of my family is still in Nigeria. So So you'll be staying, you
1: can stay with them.
0: Correct. But I don't know. I just have to figure that all out. I have to figure out how it's going to all work out. Because the thing about international travel, it's like, it's not like just jumping in your car and going somewhere and you know this.
1: Right. Oh, right, right. Right?
0: right. But some planner, people who don't though. travel a lot. What'd you say?
1: I'm not a planner. I prefer to not plan. So many of the trips that I've gone on, I just pay to go on the trip and then, you know, if I'm trekking somewhere or mm-hmm. hiking, I don't have to do anything. That person just leads me, right? Or if I go with my dad, he'll plan everything or he'll find somebody to take us around. You know what I mean? So I don't I love to just show up and have the experience because I feel if I research it, you know, I'm going to have some sort of expectations of what it's going to be. And I prefer to just show up and let it be whatever it's, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, That makes
1: sense. I forgot what I was going to ask you. Uh Uh-oh. I forget. (laughs) Oh, I remember what it was. Um, so, I'm searching through Instagram this morning as I'm laying in bed when I first wake up. And one of the things that popped up on my feed was it's 100 days until midterms. Oh, my so God. Did you know that it's 100 days
0: until the midterm elections? And Is that so- today? Is today 100 days? Yeah. And we're recording and so- the 100th episode? So crazy. <gasps>
1: oh, yeah.
0: Ooh, we should play those numbers. We should if we play played.
1: numbers. Well, I'd have to go to California. That's not happening. Oh, yeah.
0: Yet. That's true.
1: Um, and so I don't know if people really know this about you, but you were very involved during the Obama election, correct?
0: That is correct.
1: And so what are you doing this time? I mean, look, your schedule, you also didn't mention when you talked about, you know, who you are and telling you a little bit about yourself Shadima also has a full-time job, y'all. Like it's not just all, you know, what she does on her own businesses. She also has a full-time job. So, I mean, what, I guess there's really no time for you to be,
0: you know, what are you, what are you yeah, doing? That's a great question. I feel like, so I was involved and I was doing some social media stuff for a brand new Congress and Justice Democrats. So, I might connect with them to see what they're up to or what they're doing or what they need help with again. Um, brand new Can Congress you? is, yeah, yeah, that totally. Was- brand new Congress is all about impeaching and repealing all of Congress. Cause mm-hmm. with the exception of a few, they all kind of suck. No yeah. disrespect, <laughs> but they haven't done anything. I mean, I don't know what they're doing really right. besides collecting paychecks and going on long vacations. Mm -hmm. Um, or on breaks or whatever they call the, those times away where they're not working. I'm really disappointed with a lot of the leadership, like Nancy Pelosi. I'm so glad that she can wear heels for eight hours and 24 hours or whatnot, but that like, I don't know what she's doing and I'm disappointed with her and Charles Schumer with their behavior towards, um, anti-Maxine, Maxine Maxine Waters, uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who has really been doing stuff, uh, Kamala Harris. She's great. Elizabeth Warren. um, yeah, I love her, you know, so they're definitely Tammy Duckworth. They're definitely people that are doing stuff for their constituents. And then I don't know what Debbie, um, what's her name. That's my person and Gary Peters, um, I don't know what y'all are doing. So if you listen to this podcast, (laughs) I, I have no clue what you're doing. Like you have voted with the GOP on a lot of different things, which is not acceptable. Um, when I look at the issues, it's just, it just doesn't work. Um, we still have kids that have been virtually kidnapped right at the border. Uh, yeah. What, right. what, mm-hmm. I mean, the deadline has come and gone. Come and gone. So all this to say, uh, I'm really excited about some of the Senate, the state Senate candidates. I interviewed Anuja uh, Rajinder, who is, um, running for state Senate. She's a mother of four. She's a small business owner, a wife and, uh, Michigan Wolverine, which is always a good thing. (laughs) She's a, um, alum, uh, an engineer, I believe. And then she went to the B school. So she's badass, amazing, uh, really humble. And I am looking to see her episode has come out at the point of this, um, by the time this is live, and I hope that helps people know more about her, and uh, I'm like encouraging folks to make sure they're registered to vote, because that's important, like deadlines are fast approaching if they haven't already passed, I forget what it is for the state of Michigan, and I haven't looked up Nevada yet, but people need to have a voice. So even if you make a decision not to vote for whatever reason, which plenty of people have, and I know people who didn't vote in the twenty sixteen election, yeah, me too. Um, I want you to at least have the opportunity to do it if you choose to. You know, so I'm going to reach out to brand new Congress and Justice Democrats and see what they're up to, and then see how I can be helpful with the state senate, uh, Michigan state senate campaign. And whatever else, because I think, honestly, Christine, like one of the biggest things is information. Like that's something that I've noticed you do. And I do as well as providing folks with information is really important because a lot of people don't know where to look or they're not um, aware of the issues. And so when you know, you will feel empowered. And that's one of the things that I really strive to do is Allow people to feel empowered in their own lives. So, whether it's because you use essential oils and you're like, oh, I didn't know that I didn't have to use over the counter stuff, I could instead use these natural solutions. Um, I had no idea that this could be helpful for tension that I experience, or this could be helpful in making sure I don't get any bug bites while I'm in Uganda, you know? <laughs> like, right, right, right. Um, same thing goes with politics. Same thing goes with education. You know, when you know more, I feel like there's an expectation or an expectancy for you to do more or do better, right? Yes. Um, live a, a more consistent life with your values, your morals, and what you feel is in alignment with who you are, your soul. So I will have to see where I can be helpful best um, because, yeah, in 2008 that was the election where we turned Nevada blue for the first time in a really long time and i was hopping fences and painting door <laughs> tags and making phone calls uh on behalf of Barack Obama my forever president I and know. um was really involved i was also in my late 20s i think at the time <laughs> and Maybe had a little bit more energy. I don't know. I still have energy. I should. You say. sure do. You so. do a
1: lot. It's just such a weird time for us to be living in, and I don't know if it's because I'm just more. My eyes are open to what's going on, or if no, just everything's really going to shit. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a weird time to to live in in the United States of America you know what I mean? And um, scary. It's scary, actually. It's It's a scary time. So you just started, you just opened a little wellness. You have a studio or an Mm -hmm. office, right? So Mm -hmm. you're doing oils there. Are you doing sort of like life coaching? And the reason why I'm asking is because after the election, I thought I might need therapy for like the first time in a really long time. Because I mean, you know i used to call you i mean daily we would be on the phone or i'd be crying about something or i'd be on some facebook rant on uh social media or uh you know i mean i just think it's it's died down a little bit but we still have very serious conversations about what's going on and um our experience or I'll call you crying why i don't understand why somebody doesn't like somebody because of their skin color, because those things are just so difficult for me to wrap my head around. I cannot understand it. And so I wonder if, you know, this new, uh, space that you have and might be picking up some clients, if, if those are any things that you discuss or help with them, if it's like a life coaching type thing where people come in with, you know, anxiety that you can obviously incorporate oils, but maybe, share your experience or give them suggestion? Like what are you actually doing there?
0: Sure. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, I mean, so I'll, I do essential oil education to help with mood management amongst other physical um, things that the oils can support with. I also do life coaching. I'm a holistic, I'm a certified holistic health counselor. Uh, and I have been for oh, six years now. Um, but this is the first time, so I'm letting you all in on the secret. I experience fear on a regular basis. And so <laughs> I've held off on doing this sort of coaching because I thought that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't enough, period. And so, holistic health counseling, essential oil, direction, and education. Supporting my business leaders that are on both my doTERRA team and my Seiko Designs team. So mentorship happens there. I also do um, support around um, yoga therapy for people. So I'm trauma-informed and uh, informed or trauma-sensitive certified to teach those specific yoga modalities. I'll also do assessments for folks like movement assessments so I can okay. see what is going on in their body. So that's generally better done in person um, because I will have them do certain things, movement, actions, so that I can see how they're moving because you're a certified personal trainer as well um, as am I. and I like to say where it is, it isn't, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, my foot hurts. Well, Mm -hmm. it's because their hip is not in alignment with the rest of their body and it's a chain reaction. So it's similar to what you started the question with of like therapy. And I was talking to my mom yesterday and she said that more people are going to therapy now since Trump has been elected than <laughs> any other place and then I just said it's it. It's funny now, but it's not. <laughs> it is because and I said, "Well, don't say that because he'll tweet about it and he'll be like excited like that's a good thing, you know." And she right, started right, laughing, right, right. which think, is so sad. He'll think yeah. it's like, "Oh, that's awesome," you know. Yeah. I'm And great. the truth is is that I think, you know, you had mentioned something about I don't know if you're more aware and I think the answer is yes, you're more aware. I think that there are Definitely some white folks that are more aware of things that they had never been aware of before. They had never been forced to be aware of before. Yeah. And I'm glad that those people are really taking under advisement what folks of color are telling them. You know, they're really listening to lived experience. They're really shutting the F up and learning something, right? And not infusing themselves or centering things around their experience, but instead, Making way for people of color to share. This is not helpful to me. Please don't do this. Or this is helpful. Or this is how you can be helpful. Doing their own work. You know, doing their own research on stuff. um, Because there's a lot of emotional labor that comes with being a person of color, especially if people are using you as Google when Google exists. So all of my friends that are not folks of color come to me and say, Chidima, how do you feel about this as a black Mm -hmm. woman? How do you feel like? that is a lot. And it's not my responsibility, especially when they're all grown folks, right? And they can actually go to a bookstore, go on amazon.com, go on google.com, and they can actually do some research because there are plenty of resources out there. So I also say from an emotional state of mind or a psychological state of mind, where it is, it isn't, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times, this is the first time a lot of folks are Like I had a dear friend and she said, Shadima, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I'm a white woman with blue eyes and this is the first time I am experiencing maybe a sliver, not even. She didn't even go there and she would never go there. She would never say, I know how you feel. She wouldn't do that. Just like I know you wouldn't say that. And that said, she was able to, as a woman, not feeling safe as a woman, right? And then also... Being able to have the wherewithal to say, Oh my goodness, Shirima, you may not feel safe as a black woman, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or as a black person. And so there's someone that I just recently started following, Feminist Shift on Instagram, and she is all about inclusive femininity or inclusive feminism, I should say. And that means everyone, um, because she has learned herself some of the things that she is has been doing that has not been helpful, um, to folks of color, specifically to black women. And so, um, Rachel Cargill, Rachel.Cargill I think is, um, a great resource. She has a lot of free resources. Um, another person is Layla Saad, I believe. And she has, um, she goes by wild mystic woman on Instagram. So these are people that are great. Um, in terms of getting some information. So I do hope to start seeing more people um, and actually helping folks navigate through their life. Uh, I also provide nutritional support. And um, because I'm a certified personal trainer, I can also provide that support and complement it with yoga. Um, I'm in my 500 hour, my second 500 hour right now. Um, and it's the second one is with yoga medicine, which is a very well-respected, uh, yoga school. And we do a lot around assessments, movement assessments and prescribing yoga for folks as medicine, because there's plenty of, um, there are plenty of ways that yoga can definitely be helpful and meditation as well. So yeah, that's some of the stuff that I hope to be doing. More of. And,
1: and so that's was, that kind of leads me into my next question is, uh, you know, everything changes and kind of ebbs and flows. And so I know sometimes we have certain goals or ideas of what the future looks like for us, and it doesn't always go that way. But I still would like to ask you, you know, like, what does the future look like for you? You know, what are your long-term aspirations? Is there you know what do you want it to look like sure. right now in this moment? What do you want your future to look like? What is it oh that my you, you see?
0: Yeah, totally. So I want to have a greater platform to affect change is probably the biggest thing because I would love to be able to get on Instagram or Facebook or any other social media platform and say, y'all, this is what happened to this family in I don't know Ann Arbor, Michigan, or somewhere else, uh, can we mobilize together and help them? And then I post a link and within 24 hours we have $500,000 in that bank account or $25,000 in that bank account, whatever. Right. How do you do that? So Glennon Doyle does this, um, thing she calls them love mobs. It's kind of like a flash mob. Okay. and people donate small amounts. They donate $10, they donate $25, maybe $50 is like a max. I mean, some people definitely donate more, but it's mm-hmm. multiple donations of these small donations. So it's like tens and thousands of people doing small donations and that's how okay. you get to a million dollars in 24 hours. I mean, which wow. is just crazy, but it's yeah. it's it's I've seen it with my own two eyes, you know. And that's one of the things that helped with Barack Obama's campaign, people really believed in his message of hope. People really believed that he was a new way and change was coming. And so people donated money. I was one of those people. I donated Mm -hmm. to his campaign. I didn't donate a lot, I donated several different periods of time, but I donated small amounts because I believed in it, you know? And so to be able to. Have folks believe in stuff that 's important to me that 's important to humanity that would be a huge thing, so I would say that would be the biggest thing and it 's not for the sake of like likes i, I likes don 't pay the bills I, I right. do not care about that. I care about humanity and how I can be a vessel used by the divine. Um, I would want my doterra business to blow the f up <laughs> 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 that would be great um. I would also love for my Seiko business to blow up. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have a financial why right now. Um, My dad suffered three strokes December 14th, 2017. It started out as a morning. Actually, that morning started out pretty hectic. Um, The day before, we had no idea what was coming for us. Mm -hmm. And that morning... um, You know, I had to call 911, get my dad's medication list together, um, provide this information to EMTs that came. I'm so grateful for them Mm -hmm. Uh, here in the, you know, Huron Valley um, ambulatory system. And because of previous diagnosis, um, his mobility has been severely restricted. And he needs care a lot. Um, and my mom is his primary caretaker right now. And I would love right. for my mom to go back to just being his wife, you know, and right. best friend, and um, not have to have that other hat on. And caretakers are really expensive, and so
1: yes, they
0: are. If that is, like That is on my shoulders now. That's what I'm thinking about. So everything that I do is related to how do I get care for my dad um, so that he can have the care that he needs and the therapies he needs. As we still continue to put out in the universe and pray that he continues to heal or continues to recover, um, So that is like the biggest thing. So whatever I need to do in terms of like pushing that forward, um, obviously legally and obviously ethically, I am going to do. And that's a priority for me. I do hope one day to meet my person and get married and have little people. Um, Yes. I want a one and done situation. So triplets is my top. (laughs) Twins. I would take twins. Um, I would take a single birth. Um, obviously I am, you know, getting older and some stupid dude started this thing called AMA, which is advanced maternal age, which is just an awful thing to say. And, um, so I am kind of living in that land right now. Um, and that said, I'm healthy. I do my mm-hmm. best to take care of myself. I'm mm-hmm. Manifesting this, um, I have no expectations, only expectancy, and I know that it can happen. So right, that's, that's right uh, where I would love to be, and just continue to have the deep relationships that I have and connections I have with the people that I love is always a beautiful thing to have. You are just
1: one of my most favorite humans, and. I didn't know if you were going to mention your dad. And I mean, I've, we've known each other. Let's just say we've seen each other both go through some, mm-hmm. um, a, lot of, a lot of joy, but a lot of pain. And you always seem to go through these things with so much grace and dignity. And I mean, you weren't a wreck. You know what I mean? You were just very like in the solution. Okay, what's the next step? What do we need to do next? I need to go see my dad today. You know, I mean, I think you were there pretty much every day for how long was your dad in rehab in the hospital? Six months? About six
0: months. No, not quite. So he was hospitalized for eight weeks. And I was there every day except for the two days I was in Vegas for the celebration of life for my ex. Um and then he was in the subacute rehab for five weeks. So, I mean, it was three weeks, right? Yeah. Three weeks in a, yeah. Three months, it's just three months and right? a week. Yeah.
1: And now that it's just interesting how roles change, you know, I mean, did you ever think a point in your life, at least this is just me, I'm, I'm the same way with my parents now, but I never thought that there would be a point in my life where I would be like this you know, where I just need to do whatever I need to do to help them. You know, it's, it's just, we, somewhere along the line, we grew up. Mm -hmm. Like we grew up somewhere.
0: That's true.
1: We're, 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 we're real adults, even though sometimes (laughs) I feel like I'm eternally 12 in my imagination and my insides, you know what I mean? But like somewhere along the line, we grew up and it's just, um, now we, we can't imagine our lives without our parents and like the things that we would do in order to protect them is it's just, it, the roles have switched completely. So, um, yeah, I just admire your strength. And, um, I remember when you first started this podcast, I was like, Oh my God, like, how do you have the courage to walk through that? I don't know what happened. You've always been a very strong, um, confident, uh, you've just had this bright light that i've been attracted to you since day one i remember the day that i first met you i remember i remember where you were sitting um and just since then you know our relationship has grown and when you first started this podcast i was like oh my god that takes a lot of courage you know and something happened when you moved to michigan when you mm-hmm. moved back there something happened i don't know what it is but that was where you needed to be and you just you just took off. I mean, like the growth that you've even had in the past. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you've been there like two years now, a little over. Right? It's just, it's, it's insane. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to watch that happen. You know what I mean? Just as a, as a stand byer as a friend, um, as somebody in your life that I've been able to, to see you, to see you grow. And I, I only no great things, more great things are going to happen for you because you have such drive and ambition and motivation and, um, and confidence in what you're doing. You say that you, live, you have fear. I don't see it. To me, you're just like this fearless, badass bee you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just, it's awesome. I just, I love you so much, dude. I mean, you really are like one of my most favorite people. I, I just love you. I adore you. I think you're amazing.
0: So Thank that's, you that's so- all I have
1: to say on that. How long do, do we, do we talk?
0: Do we, <laughs> we've been doing this for
1: like an hour.
0: I know. How long, so we,
1: how long have we been
0: on? I don't know. Cause the recording just records. Um
1: But okay.
0: yeah, we've been, probably talking for about an hour, but I just want to say thank you so much. That's very kind of you. Very sweet. I really appreciate it. And I do agree something happened here. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I, something shifted within me by being here. Um, and I don't like, I, I will always love Vegas, Vegas was my home Vegas loved me until I could love myself and took me in when I was so lost and so broken. Mm -hmm. And essentially I will say a dead woman walking. Um, I flew across, no, I didn't fly across the country. I drove across the country. (laughs) Um, and I thought I had arrived in Vegas, but really that was just the beginning of my life kind of starting in a new path. Um, and You know, California was great. It was short lived, but it was great. But yeah, something has happened since being here. And I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe one day I'll identify it. I don't think it's important for me to know what exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, to your point, I think it's just to appreciate that it has happened. And I agree. I used to be one of the most selfish people on the planet. I mean, I can still be selfish. There are definitely some still things that I can afford to look at and change and grow in areas. And simultaneously, I have been making strides in some of these areas too. So that is certainly a gift to um, a gift that I am for which I'm grateful. I guess I'll put it that way. So, yeah. Can I ask you
1: one more question? Absolutely. What is your – this is just just my – I've actually never asked you this, so I just am curious. Mm-hmm. What are some other podcasts that you listen to, and, like, what are some of your favorites?
0: Sure. So I listen to The 45th, um, and that is with Rabia Chowdhury and some other folks. Um, I also listen to Undisclosed. Rabia does that one as well. I listen to the Liturgist podcast um, with Science Mike and another Mike. And then I think they recently added another host um, or two other hosts. I listen to Two Dope Queens sometimes. I'm like flipping through my.
1: Through your list. Do you ever my find list. it that like you.
0: Code you switch. Have-
1: so many and podcasts.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. Okay. So, Code Switch, I love. Other. I have so
1: many. I cannot keep up.
0: Oh my gosh. You know what? One I just started. Maybe it's back. Okay. So, Code Switch, I love. And I love Embedded. Um, I haven't mm-hmm, started I have listening that. to For the Love with Jen Hatmaker, but she is hysterical. Um, sometimes I listen to From the Heart Conversations with Yogurt Girl. Sometimes I listen to Free Cookies with Kate Fagan and Catherine Budig. Sometimes I listen to the gold digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher. Um, my friend does Whoa. one <laughs> great big. Yes. <laughs> um, and then um, I used to listen to love bomb a lot with Nico Tortor- mm-hmm. Tortorella. I remember
1: you recommended that to me. Yeah.
0: I think uh-huh. I'm going to start listening to the Marie, the Marie Forleo podcast. Cause she's the bomb. I really like her. Majority 54. That's a good one, Christine. You should listen to that one. Um, okay. and What's then, that one about? So that one is about, um, it's about taking like an assumption that people have and like spinning it mm-hmm. on, on its head. So one of the first episodes was about like, how muslim people are damaging to the u.s which is like total bullshit right
1: oh, so bullshit.
0: yeah then he talks to someone who is muslim and someone that actually helped our country <laughs> um and like they share their story so oh, that's pretty cool yeah it's good i listened there's to a the beginning yeah go ahead
1: There's I listen to a lot too, and I listen to a lot that are NPR. There's one that I listen to called It's Been a Minute.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: Sam Sanders is the guy. And I I know I've told you about it before. And the reason being is because Mm -hmm. I love your tradition at the end of your podcast Mm -hmm. where you go through the humans of New York. Mm -hmm. His tradition is at the end of his podcast, um, they play recordings from people that have called in. And so throughout the week, people call in and share the best part of their week.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And so he
1: plays little excerpts. Every time, I tear up. Every single time, without a doubt. And some of them are, I just passed my bar exam. Some of them Uh are, I just had a baby. Some of them are, I just arrived in Iceland. You know what I mean? It varies from you know, very grandiose things that have happened in people's lives to something very small. Like I had a you know conversation with somebody I you know haven't seen in a while. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's really cool. It feels kind of like parallel. And, and I've told you that before. It's like, I can't, I can't wait till that part of the show because mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's kind of cool. And I love that you do your traditional thing at the end. And always in my mind, I think her podcast is going to grow so big. That she's gonna have the opportunity to do something like that, where there'll be so many people calling in mm-hmm. to share stuff that she'll have to pick and choose, you know.
0: That'll be week. awesome. So,
1: yeah.
0: From your mouth to the divine's ears. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's you know right. what is an interesting podcast that I listened to, and I think the second season is starting? It's called Ear Hustle. Mm-hmm. And that is, it? is, it's folks that are at San, Qu- San Quentin um, Okay, how come I've never noticed facility. before that you
1: say folks?
0: Have you always oh.
1: said folks?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's so. It's like a new
1: thing. I just literally have picked up this entire podcast. I was like, what? Since when did you did start saying folks? Yeah. I think that's a – is that a Midwestern – Term?
0: No, I think I say said it, it and as an, I just an never inclusive noticed. term instead of like men and women because not everyone identifies mm-hmm. that way. So I just say folks
1: or people um, or I guess people. I people. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and Sorry, I didn't
1: mean to interrupt. I just no, I just it's all good. It's cute.
0: Well, because I started to say incarcerated people or incarcerated folks because people will say like, "Well, they're you know a prisoner." I'm like, that is not the only identity they have, you know, like we should be speaking in different ways because people are not just what they do or not just, you know, that one experience. It's not singular, you know, so. Okay. All right. So that was funny. So I don't remember that. I don't know. I don't know what was said last. I don't know where it got going. I was like, so so technology got the best of us, but that's okay. We're back. Um, Oh no, I was just telling you about the, um, San Quentin podcast with incarcerated Mm -hmm. folks. Okay.
1: um, Okay. The folks, the
0: folks, The (laughs) the folks. Yeah. It was so, it was really insightful. This, um, podcasts, hearing people that were incarcerated and that it just mm. isn't about their crime but about who they are today and what mm. it was sad too because a lot of them are in prison for life without yeah. possibility of parole or with parole but it just depends on what the parole board thinks and what the survivors or victims of their crimes feel that's important too and so while it gave um a face it was also possibly difficult for the survivors or victims to feel to hear these people who have done awful things humanized um even though they're not who they were they've, right and they've truly like been rehabilitated yet our mm-hmm. criminal justice system that's for another podcast our criminal yeah. justice system is very broken yeah,
1: oh. yeah. So, what do you think? Do you think I did an okay job? Oh my I mean, god! Know, Are you kidding? No experience in Didn't podcasting. Did she do a great
0: job? <laughs> this is so much fun. Like, uh, I can't even believe we've been talking for over an hour, probably now. So. Yeah, but
1: it's always like that when we're on the phone. That's true. The other day, like I'm like, I looked at the thing after
0: we got off. I was like, oh, good lord, we were talking for over
1: an hour. So, I know. Time flies. And you're
0: busy too. Like, you have yeah, stuff that's happening too. So. We have lots to say. We have lots to say. No, I love yeah. you, and I'm so glad that this worked out and we were able to do this. And Yeah, finally. It's humbling to <laughs> be on the other I'm end. Glad,
1: I'm, glad, I'm glad you allowed me to do it. I think it gives a little more insight as to who you are. You do a very good job when you have guests on of, of, of having the guest on. Do you know what I mean? Thank you. You make it about them. Yeah. So, But then I we never appreciate. get to hear about you. So.
0: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now you do. All right. Now I just have Are to record gonna... another hundred episodes and then I'll come back on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no a problem. Go. No problem. Yeah, I'm looking for a story um of um I think I'm gonna read maybe a few stories actually. Um
1: Okay, so I know no one else can like can see it, but will you show me the photo? Yeah. Photo absolutely.
0: With it? Totally. So, so I okay. the yeah. Okay, first of all, we're going to so one it says today in micro fashion and it appears I don't know, it's just a little person with pink shoes with a flamingo, a furry flamingo and they have their foot on a <laughs> a baby Land Rover. How funny is this? Wait, can you see it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so cute.
1: They look
0: like they're in so Central cute. Park. Yeah. Exactly. So cute. Or as Harris used to say, so cute. All right. So. Um, She's sassy. Very sassy. All right. So this appears to be a woman and it says, my mom left the Philippines when I was five years old. My sisters and I were very young at the time. We basically raised ourselves because my dad doesn't talk much. It must have been hard on my mother. She wasn't able to come back because of her visa status and we didn't have the money to visit. We talked on the phone about once a month. She'd send us letters and clothes and toys. It took 10 years of working and saving for her to finally bring us over. I think the reunion was much different than she imagined. She probably expected us to be grateful, but all of us were teenagers by then. We weren't used to being told what to do. Okay. Okay. Hey, so I was like to say. Okay. All right, friends, we're having technical difficulties, but that's okay. All right, so (laughs) I'm going to read a few stories from Humans of New York. So my mom left the Philippines when I was five years old. My sisters and I were very young at the time. We basically raised ourselves because my dad doesn't talk much. It must have been hard on my mother. She wasn't able to come back because of her visa status, and we didn't have the money to visit. We talked on the phone about once a month, She'd send us letters and clothes and toys. It took 10 years of working and saving for her to finally bring us over. I think the reunion was much different than she imagined. She probably expected us to be grateful, but all of us were teenagers by then. We weren't used to being told what to do, so we were pretty awful to her, and my father divorced, divorced her soon after we arrived in America. But her sacrifice paid off. We all graduated college and have good jobs, but it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized how lonely those 10 years must have been. Oh, that's sweet. All right. So my father called me stupid a lot. Even when I'd bring home good grades, he'd say things like you're smart but you don't know anything. I just wasn't a big reader like him. He always had a book in his hand. Math was my thing. During lunch, I'd go to the junior high library and sit on the floor with puzzle books. Now I'm a teacher and I've taught every math class in the high school curriculum. A few years ago, a few years ago I was teaching my precalculus class and I stumbled upon a set of numbers that generated ellipses with identical positioning in both the rectangular and polar coordinate systems. So I turned them into variables, wrote a two-page proof, and had my work published in a journal called The Mathematics Teacher. Take Mm. that, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, no no shit. Right? Oh, gosh. Okay. I've been on antidepressants since August of last year. I was living alone in the city at the time and feeling a lot of anxiety. So I talked to a therapist and she recommended antidepressants. At first I was nervous about taking them. There's a lot of stigma in the African-American community. If you take any sort of medication, it's like, oh, you crazy now. So the first thing I did was look on the internet. I'm not even sure what I searched. But somehow I ended up finding Matt's videos on YouTube. He was sort of documenting his own experience with antidepressants. He was black, he was male, he was queer, and he was doing fine. It just made me feel a lot less alone. I sent him a short message thanking him for his videos, and he started checking in on me about once a week. He's been a great friend. We actually just met in person for the first time on Saturday. I love that.
1: Wow, that's good.
0: That was It's like all about me too, like why that was... Big deal, or just the words "me too," how it Uh allows you to feel a lot less alone and alone, did right to someone else. One hundred
1: percent, yes.
0: So, yeah, I mean that's one of the things too. And then we'll wrap up. It's like the stigma around mental illness and substance use disorder and sexual assault, domestic violence are really important for people to, you know. And the more we talk about these things, like if you happen to need antidepressants. If you happen to need therapy, the less stigmatizing they are, mm-hmm. um, because more people will be like, "Oh, yeah, me too." Like I, I have a therapist, or I just started seeing a therapist also, and I really like that person. Um, they've been really helpful to me. So, I applaud all of the brave folks that are courageous in sharing honestly and openly about themselves. Um, I am really grateful to you, Christine. You've been like a one of my best friends for a really long time. I am grateful for anyone who has been affiliated with this podcast. If you listen, thank you. If you have been a guest, thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing your own lived experience so that others can benefit um, from hearing your story because your story is important and it totally matters. And for the detractors or people who are, kind of haters I appreciate you also because you propel all of us (laughs) you know so let's go going okay yeah so yeah um this is awesome this is yeah great thank you
1: my pleasure thank you
0: all right so friends if you want to Support the podcast. I'm on patreon.com forward slash the type a hippie. So that would be great because I, like I said, I'm up leveling this podcast, which means that I am actually going to properly produce it, um, which is what this hiatus is about. So I'm going to, um, get additional equipment, like a microphone. I am going to, um, Get information about how to produce a podcast. Um, Right now, it's just been recording off of my laptop, plugging in headphones, hitting record, and that's it. And so that has worked for the first hundred episodes. And yet, I think I can do a better job for you. So I'm going to go ahead and take the time to do that so that I can share with you high level content um, that is really amazing and powerful and that can help you shift your life in a meaningful way that makes sense for you. Awesome. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here. I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, there is only one of us so have a gratitude filled rest of your day friends my name is Chidima, also known as the type a hippie and this is the type a hippie podcast she cast episode 100 Boom. <laughs> love y'all ciao namaste